Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's a record roundtable. My name is Jimmy, and I'm an award-winning cinematographer. My name is Jeff, and at a Gaslight Anthem concert, a strange woman stroked my luscious beard without my permission. I then locked eyes with who I assumed was her husband. My name is Dan, and I have a large cyst on my index finger that I tattooed a smiley face on. That is the number one thing I don't like about you most <laughs> since I've met you. Out of all like the dumb things we've gone through and experienced together, I hate shaking your hand. I hate looking at it. You love I it. I can't see it is it's flat now. It just it's a big I old can pump wart. it up. I can oh, pump it up. He's doing oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I now, can't see it. will I'm you tell the audience why nope. you do not want to remove that disgusting? It's not growth. disgusting. It's, it's just a lump of skin. But it's been there for well over a decade, and it doesn't need to be. Well, it needs to be. Why? Because it started out as a callus from holding a guitar pick, and then fluid got underneath it and Ugh. grew. And now I just don't care. It's fine. It doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, but like, I saw a doctor about it. It's not growing. It's not harmful. Why bother? I had a little cute smiley face tattooed on it. He's like my little pal. See? Oh, God. You guys are so lucky this is audio only. We'll post a picture. Or else your vomit would be a flowing. I'll post a picture in the show notes. Great. So I don't think we have any ratings, reviews, emails, or tweets this week. Um, but if you feel so inclined, you can always do that. And we'll read it on the show. We'll read it right now. I would like to say uh, that we're not as unpopular as you think. This is like the sixth episode we're recording in a row. So, uh, you know, it's not we haven't gone six weeks without a review, guys. Yeah, summer's a busy season and we wanted to uh, stockpile some episodes for you. Yeah. So do that and then we'll read them. Maybe next week. Who knows? Who knows? If we read them, will they weep? Yeah. Welcome back to Talk Me Into. Now we're going to talk to each other about what we've been talking ourselves into. It's not so it doesn't necessarily have to be something big. It could be something small, maybe just a little thing that we thought was humorous. Maybe we're never going to do it. We'll tell you in 18 more episodes <laughs> if we're staying true to what we said. Um, I have been talking myself into using full service gas stations. Oh, and here's okay. why. So for everybody outside of the United States of American state, New Jersey, uh, we have to pump our own gas. OK, we're not spoiled with low gas prices and free full service. We have to get out of our cars in the cold and the rain and pump our own gas. We have to put our own lives in danger so we can travel while you people in New Jersey are like, oh, fill me up, please. You people. Yeah. New Jerseyans. Uh, I recently, there's not many full service gas stations around. They exist. Yeah. Uh, they're usually significantly more expensive, but like they're there for you and everyone's grandma. Yeah. Well, they're there for handicapped people. Like that's, it's great. And when I was on crutches and it hurt to stand up, I started going to one near work. It's two miles in the opposite direction of my home. It costs the same amount as regular self-serve. So, like, even if it was more, I started also to not drive a little bit more to go to the gas station with gas that's two cents cheaper because I'm saving 10 cents. Who cares? It's a ripoff. I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care unless it's like a quarter more a gallon. I don't care. But sometimes I'll even if if I'm going out to lunch, which I'm not doing anymore, if you listen to the show, but I'll get something to eat. I'll stop there before I get my food. Fill it up. Don't have to worry about it for the next week. And I could use my knees now. They're working, baby. 
They're two working knees. Yeah, I saw you do some dances before. I was dancing. I was twisting. I was bopping. I kneeled for the first time the other night. Wow. And it was it was great. Your wife must be so happy. I don't kiss and tell. This is a PG-rated show, Dan. But uh, I mean, just that she has a husband that can now kneel and walk. Yeah, now I could like fix things uh, that are on the ground. You're a real man. If I need to. Yeah, so uh, full-service gas stations. So you're still going, though, even though your knee's better? Yeah, dude, it's great. I'm telling you, man, that's why I'm talking myself into it. You're you're talking he's yourself able, into He's able, but he's still yeah. lazy. It's getting more and more depressing. Please tell me you're tipping these attendants. Well, I use a card, so I can't. So, that's so you no. can. No, they don't give you a receipt to sign or anything. Wow. Wow. Oh. Well, listen, it creates jobs, right? So they're still employed. Low income jobs that you should be tipping. They're all high school kids that are just doing something for the summer or winter or fall, autumn, spring. Listen, Dan, I don't use it every time. Like right now, I only have 12 miles to get home. So I have to go to a self-service gas station. To the audience, if you think it's customary to tip a gas station attendant, please let us know. You don't know what he's making. Please let Jeff know. It doesn't matter what they make. Is he providing you a service? Who cares? You said yourself it's the same price as the regular gas station, but you're getting a service. Yeah. This is going on too much. Jimmy, what you are you talking yourself up. into? I, I'm not talking myself into tipping. I'm talking myself into being lazy. We while know I'm you're not gas. talking yourself into tipping. <laughs> Just the tip, guys. All right. This week, I've PG. been talking myself into... Uh, it's a YouTube channel called Scott the Waz. Um, hmm, I hate everything you're saying is that already. English? Yeah. Um, I don't know that much about him, but he does video game content, and I like video game content. And uh, in... I've been trying to make this new show called Late, Late to the Game. Uh, please don't steal my idea, people. <laughs> but I want to play games that are older, but I've never gotten a chance to play and review them in sort of like a live action-y and uh, gameplay sort of review, um, fully scripted and stuff. So I've been kind of watching his videos for reference, and I've turned out that I kind of like them. There's some things that I'd, I would change for uh, my own betterment, but um, yeah, I like them. He does some history of video game stuff. So it's not going to be late to the game with Scott Waz. No. Okay. It'll be, uh, hopefully not. Hopefully he doesn't steal my idea. But um, I like it. So So hopefully the guy whose idea that you are viewing to steal doesn't steal your idea. I hope so. Okay. Just wanted to get that out there. Well, it's not his idea, but oh, he's man. doing content that is similar. I would hope that if he does steal your idea, that he would tip you for it. Dan, provided a service, an idea service. What yeah. are you talking yourself into this week? I'm talking myself into gardening. Oh, okay. What's up, Granum? <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> I've never been much of a gardener. I wouldn't say I have a green thumb. I, I'm like average. I don't kill a lot of plants. I have some house plants that are doing okay. But um, yeah, I started. Uh, I noticed that, like in the last episode, I mentioned I was supporting community businesses. We have a community garden in the town that I live which for a very reasonable and affordable price you could use for a year. So I took out a community garden plot and my niece and I planted a vegetable garden and it's a lot more work than I thought it would be. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, so I'm not loving it yet, but hopefully I get some good vegetables. Who knows what the future holds? You know, when we started this segment originally in episode one, it wasn't necessarily just for things that we're loving could be for things we're trying to talk ourselves into very literally so i'm on the fence with the garden thing i'm keeping it up because i've invested time and money i don't know if i'm ever going to do it again Mm, at least you tried i'm trying a funny side story for the audience uh when my wife and i moved to where we live i came home and there were some veggies and fruits in a bag and i was like where'd you get these from she goes oh there's a community garden on our street and they had bags so i took what i wanted and i was like not a garden for the community to reap the benefits of it is land in an urban area for people who do not have their own to grow their own food and you stole it from them and she said oh she did not understand the concept she does now uh so that's what's up patreon that's right. I'm getting right to it. There's no long intros in this ad. You'll be back to the talking into content you love, you crave, you ache for in about a minute. 
Listen, we all have pretty decent jobs. We don't do this podcast to support ourselves. We do it to have fun. We do it to entertain you for about an hour a week. But unfortunately, that still has its costs, which is why we're launching our own Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash talk me into and become a monthly patron. Why? Here's why. Tier one, one dollar per month. You get exclusive physical merchandise mailed to you. You get access to our episode topics early, and you get PDFs of our handwritten show notes, along with access to a visual archive, including webcomics we used to do. Cool. Tier two, three dollars per month. You'll get mini Patreon exclusive Talk Me Into episodes because sometimes we have an idea, but it won't really fill an hour episode. So we'll make like a 15 minute episode and you can listen to it. You'll also get access to our audio archive, which includes podcasts that we've all been a part of in the past and music from our old bands. Tier three, five dollars per month. The last tier will get you exclusive full length Talk You Into episodes access to our video archive, quarterly cook with us videos, and you'll have access to a you decide our episode topics poll. Or if you really, really like us, you can enter a custom amount even higher, which will unlock ultimate friends tier. And I'll like give you a super decent high five. Or if you really, really like us, but you don't want to shell out your hard earned money. Okay, thanks for listening and give us a five star review or shoot us a tweet. Thanks y'all. This episode of Talk Me Into is going to be structured the same, but uh, we're doing it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, we're doing a record roundtable. So the way it's going to work is each of us picked one record from one artist uh, for the others to be talked into. So the one I picked, these two have not heard. The one Jimmy picked, we have not heard. Well, before you go into specifics... I just want to give a little background on how we came up with this idea. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was going to get there, so um, you're, you're cutting me off, but that's fine. You can take over. Basically, there's a few albums that we really like, but we don't necessarily love everything by the artist, not yes. enough to do a whole episode on. So Jeff had the idea of picking out one of these albums each. Maybe we could do this type of idea in the future if we've got other ones. And uh, just a way to expose each other to a specific album. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um you know, I I was gonna do three myself, but we came up with the idea to split it up and make it a little little more fun, a little more round tabley. Yeah, it's a record round table. So Jeff, do you want to say what your first or what your album is? Yeah, so um, I will. And the reason why we came up with this idea is when we first started, Dan created a list of things he thought that I was into that we could talk, I could talk you guys into, and he put Tegan and Sarah on there. And mm. uh, there's a couple albums from them I really like. But I'm not super into the band, like Dan said. Uh, so I was going to talk you into a Tegan and Sarah album. But then I was like, I want to talk you guys into a hip hop album because we've talked about rock and roll. We've talked about folk. We've talked about hardcore, but yeah. we haven't talked about rap, which I enjoy. So we will be listening to an album from a group called Sweatshop Boys. Came out in 2016. It's called Cashmere. Nice. What do you like about this album? What I like about this album is it is two MCs. Uh, one of them is from a group called Das Racist that I was introduced to by good friend of the show, Ian. And it was comprised of uh, rapper Heems and Cool AD. And this Sweatshop Boys is comprised of Heems and Riz Ahmed, who you might know. Oh, yeah, I know actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been in the HBO show The Night Of. He was in Star Wars uh, Rogue One. He was in Venom. He was in a movie I just saw called Sister Brothers. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's a good actor mm. and he's a good rapper. And uh, it is produced by a gentleman named Rodinho. And they are the, the two MCs are of Pakistani descent. Heems is from New York City and Riz is from London. Or England. I don't know if he's exactly from London. But gotcha. um, so so the reason why I like this album a lot is because not only do I like their their styles of rapping, but um, the music is it has a lot of um, their cultural influence and music from Pakistan. So they're using mm. instruments that is not common in hip hop. They're using uh, 
timing structures, all different sorts of ways to create music and bring their background and culture to the forefront of hip hop. And there's some, some little skits in between some sound clips from uh, prominent Pakistani people. And I think it overall, it's just, it, it's a great album because it deals with a, a lot of stuff that I like about hip hop. There is a social aspect and they want to teach you stuff like uh, KRS one, you know, Chuck D and public enemy, all the classics, the list goes on, but it's also fun and you can bop to it and they're silly with it. And a lot of the lyrics are punny and uh, intelligent. And I really like it. And I think that uh, I think Dan will like it. I'm not sure about Jimmy. We'll okay. See. Yeah. I listen to some hip hop, mostly old school stuff. I'm, I'm interested to hear this. I like Riz Ahmed. I yeah. like you've played Das Races for me before. And I like that. Yeah. There's a great interview with them on NPR from a couple of years ago. Um, they have this, this is their first album. They have an EP called Sufi La that came out after and that's it. So if you like them, there's like 18 songs total. Hmm. It's uh, it's easy to listen to over and over again. Cool. Dan. So I chose an album for you that I, I had a few in mind, but I think this one sort of exemplifies our idea for this episode. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Neil Young fan. I've just recently started getting into some of his stuff. I have like a playlist, like sort of a greatest hits type thing. Um, but there is one album in particular that I really love, and I, I really like every song on it front to back. I think it's really strong, and it's it's a unified piece of art. And that album is uh, Live at the Cellar Door. Now, this may be controversial to Neil Young fans because it's not one of his main releases. It's... um. It was released only in December 2013. It's part of his archives performance series. So it's the equivalent of Bob Dylan's bootleg series, basically. It's um, audio recordings, either outtakes or live cuts or unreleased things that are packaged and put out later. So so this one, like I said, came out in 2013. It's, um, it's a culmination of six 1970 concerts at the Cellar Door venue in Washington, D.C. Um, these were recorded basically at a super tumultuous time in Neil Young's life. He was coming off the breakup of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which was a huge group that launched him into superstardom. And he was just starting to get underway with his solo career. He had just come out with his first solo album. But it, it became clear in these performances, these were basically warm-up concerts for his big solo debut, which was going to be at Carnegie Hall. So he played these six shows in Washington, D.C. at a small club. He has no backing. It's just him. Vocals, acoustic guitar, piano on some tracks, harmonica on some tracks. So they're very stark. Uh, it just reminds me of, like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, a cold winter's night. That's how it feels. Like, it's just him up on stage. You can hear the sound of the room. He's just laying his soul bared out. Um, the songs have a lot of darker meanings uh, than some of the earlier stuff he had put out with Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Basically, like one review I read said it was the death or the murder of the hippie generation in like one series of performances. Um, there's a little bit of banter with the crowd. I like that because I think all hippies should be killed. Okay. I don't. Um, that was a joke. No, but it's basically like, the theme of his work at this time period was like saying like, Hey, we all had a lot of fun for a few years, but now that's over. Like it didn't change enough. And now we're just burnt out and left with the fallout of our poor decisions. So, um, I think you guys can appreciate it. Um, maybe it's a little reminiscent of my Bob Dylan episode, but I appreciate his work as a songwriter. I appreciate that it's, bare in nature it's not overly glossed up or you know has too much shine put on it it's just true expression of these songs that he wrote at a time in his life where he was sort of at a crossroads so like i said may not be the world's biggest um fan of neil young but i think if you give it a shot you can appreciate the artistry and the talent jimmy great what's interesting. your record so my album uh, is not on vinyl, so it's not technically a record, but uh, I'll uh, I'll allow it. It's semantics. Yes. So this album is by a person that you've heard of before in an episode that we did on Game Grumps. Oh, so you just can't let it go, Jim. Can't let it go. 
So uh, one of the hosts, Danny, uh, yes, goes by not you. Oh, yeah. uh, nice. Goes by a persona named Danny Sexbang, who uh, see it already made you giggle. <sighs> no, that's a sigh, sir. Well, it made him giggle. That was a snort. And uh, he also has a partner called Ninja Brian, and they formed a band called Ninja Sex Party. Oh, the Brian's back at it again. Yeah. So um, this band, I'm not a huge fan of, but I will say that- You love one album? I really like this one album. Yeah, that's that's the point of this episode. Yes. So I really like this one album. It is very funny. Uh, Ninja Sex Party does a lot of reminiscent of 70s and 80s rock and roll, and also adds in some- funk elements with their band that that kind of does like a sort of like futuristic funk band called tupperware remix party um that i really why is every musical experience a party i don't know because it's great or is it tupperware remix patrol i don't remember you're the one telling us i don't don't know he's asking um (laughs) um so this album is uh i just find it very funny uh very good music and uh i really like it a lot so it's reminiscent of like some some rock and roll, some funk, even a little bit of uh, medieval music in there. And uh, it's gonna be a silly time. Listen to it. Yeah, it's really funny. I think it's great. So my album is definitely available streaming on Spotify, and I would imagine all the other major Correct. streaming apps. Yes. Same with you, both of yours. Yes. Yep. Okay. So to uh, quick recap. Uh, if you want to pause now, listen to a few records. Uh, mine will be Sweatshop Boys Cashmere. Mine is Neil Young's Live at the Cellar Door. Mine is Ninja Sex Party's Cool Patrol. All right, well, let's put on our headphones. Give them a listen. Or play them on our car speakers. Well, we should take off our podcast headphones and put on our, oh, our music, music headphones. headphones. Oh, yeah, uh, I forgot that they're different pairs of headphones. That's right. I have like 20 pairs of headphones. Let's get that bass bumping, those fists pumping, and those rumps humping. <laughs> Welcome back to Talk Me Into. We listened to some music. Yeah, we sure did. Three entirely different albums. Three talk me into's in one episode. This is wow. a jam-packed. This yeah. is like a Snickers. So I think we Ooh. should let the audience know how we're planning on running this little record roundtable. A little bit different because there's three albums and three different answers to the question that is asked. We're going to go through mine, and I'm going to ask these fellas, and then we're going to go through Dan's, and he's going to ask us, and Jimmy, and then he's going to ask us. Ooh. Yes. So it's, it's a three for It's three climaxes. So the oh, first album, episode. the first album we listened to was Cashmere by Sweatshop Boys. What'd you guys think? Um, you want us just to, no, I'm saying <laughs> um, track by track or yeah. So first I wanted to ask you, did we talk in the first part of the episode about how you got into these guys? Yes, we did. Oh, I do not recall. <laughs> track number one was T5. To yeah. me, this was like a standout track on this album. Yeah, it's a bop. I liked it a lot. It really um, is. If you listen on some good speakers with some bass. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's it's a real thumper. It bumps. Um, I liked that it sort of set the stage for this mixture of traditional Arab sounds and modern hip-hop Right beats. off the bat before yeah. the bass even drops. I liked it. Um, and I also enjoyed the topical lyrics. They're basically saying, hey, we have issues that affect us and we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of um, references to Islam. Um there's a lot of references to their place in the Western world yeah. as Muslims, um, however they practice or not. Yeah. Yeah. I like both their rapping styles on this too. Uh, th- this definitely emphasizes both of them. And um, I like the, the, the hook in the, in the middle. It's like, it, it kind of reminds me like it, they're kind of like speaking slow. I think it's Heems that's doing it. Yeah, he's he's a slow guy. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. We're in trouble. It reminds me, this is a weird video online, but it, it's uh, a Mary-Kate and Ashley video that slowed down. <laughs> I did not know that this was going to go this <laughs> I know, route. right? It, it's a slowed down Mary-Kate and Ashley music video that that's like, I won't pizza and it reminds me of that <laughs> i don't know why i wrote that down leave it so. to jimmy yeah. you're gonna love some das racist tracks oh, super yeah. id tracks super yeah. into the meme world yeah it's great but, but random check when i rock the stubble it's uh yeah they have a big beard they get yeah yeah they get like, stopped yeah. 
the good stuff. I also like in this song, uh, we're not going to go super deep in every song, but there's a standout line to me because this is from 2016 when Donald Trump was still a joke. Uh, and you <laughs> mentioned Trump wants my exit. Trump wasn't said a lot in rap uh, in 2016. Yeah. And mm. it's this was probably recorded early 2016 or maybe even 2015. And it's just it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know if I'm if I wrote notes for every song. So let me know if I skipped one that you want to talk about. Okay, I wrote um, notes for every but song. next we, we got we got Shotten. Yep, this is incredibly British. Yeah, I like that though. Mm. Uh, Riz Ahmed is sort of the star of this. What's he call himself? D- A- MC Rizzy. Yeah, MC Riz or MC yeah. Rizzy or um, derivations thereof. Yeah, I liked I liked his his flow flow on this. Oh man, I sound really. Yeah. But I mean, even though he's from England, like it's, he's still talking like about police eats. brutality, yeah. Islamophobia in New York City. Yeah, they're talking about. Well, it's ah. an interesting topic too. This dichotomy of someone being investigated more for being a Muslim than being a drug dealer. Yeah, the war on terror. Yeah, it overpassed the war on drugs. Yeah, I like the story in this one where he's uh, talking about how he found God in jail and. Um, it He's, sort of made him in more more of a focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It Moving good. on to the next song, Aja. I don't know what this guy is singing. I don't either. Oh, very yeah. weird. Another, I, another successful use of like Eastern melodies. I like the little play on words in this one. Uh, they uh, one word was fakirs, which <laughs> is our uh, uh, Muslim uh, ecstatics. Who have aesthetics? I don't know. <laughs> Jimmy I'm doesn't Jim, know. I, I copied, I've used Wikipedia once. I copied and pasted this. Oh. Um, uh, who have renounced all worldly attachments. The world has also become used to refer to Hindu or Buddhist aesthetic. aesthetics. Aesthetics. Is it aesthetics? Yeah, it's I believe aesthetics. So. Yeah. Um, I like the traditional sound of the song. Yeah. Um, they use a lot of cool instruments, uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit. This was the first song that I really liked Hemes. So far, the first couple tracks, I really liked Riz Ahmed vocals. Mm-hmm. But this one, um, his rhyming pattern was real infectious. Mm. Which is funny because Heems, um, like, I, you know, I heard him from Death's Racist, and it's a lot of, like, stoner rap. So there's yeah. a lot of mumbling and a lot of, like, not real rapping, just, like, rhyming words together because he can. Yeah. And in Sweatshop Boys, it, it's, like, the years that he's been rapping have finally, like, <laughs> caught up to him. And he's, like, he's really tight on some of these tracks. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Zayn Malik, Jim? Um, I was confused about the what the song is about and what it's trying to say. Um, I to me, well, do you know Zayn Malik is one of the guys from One, one Direction? direction. Yeah, some I knew that. There as well. yeah. And I'm assuming he's of Middle Eastern descent. Yes, or East Asian. And to me, what they're trying to talk about is that, as they say in one of the lines, there's more than one way to get to paradise. Yeah. So it's sort of like you can live a good life on this earth and enjoy yourself and have fun. And you don't have to focus so much on what's mm. going to happen after you. Yeah. Die. And it also, it mentions just like what it's like growing up in a Muslim family. Mm. I thought this was a fun song, but it didn't really like hold me, grasp my attention as much as the first three tracks. I like the star Wars reference. That's, <laughs> that's about all I got out of it. And then in tiger hologram, this is when he's lazy rap as I, yeah, I it, it yeah. Really, don't like this really, song. I'm uh, not a fan of it at all. Yeah. It's, it's not a strong song. Supposedly it's, it's about an actual to. tiger hologram at a restaurant that they saw. I looked that up. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even really like the beat that much. No. It, it almost seemed like a throwaway song, like as a joke. And then they decided yeah. to put it on there. Yeah. I, I, I wrote down as well that I didn't even like the synth melody that's playing the whole time. Yeah um no fly list is the next song and this is actually my standout song on the um album i really like the beat in this one the the synth uh the background so i'm torn on this song there's things that i really like and things that i also really don't like more than the rest of the songs that we've heard so far i really like um riz's like fast verse that he comes in with because it's so got some sick rhymes yeah yeah i like that a lot so harshly like opposite of what heems is doing in the first part Mm -hmm. that i really enjoy that but what i don't like is it sort of feels like a kanye song it's like super braggadocious it has these weird like synth beats Mm. yeah i wrote that i mean they do the braggadocia thing but i it's tongue-in-cheek when they do it I, I, I think it, it's more whereas like if you hear Kanye he honestly thinks that he's gone yeah. <laughs> whereas these guys are just like uh, Jay-Z guys, yeah. is nothing and I'm better than him and like they're just having fun yeah so I, I, I think I'm torn you, on I think it you have to take can, it for what it is yeah. yeah um they're just so fly bitch yeah I mean the chorus is catchy you're gonna yeah. remember that tag yeah 
phone tap i didn't have a lot to say on this one um i thought it had like a cool laid-back vibe whereas a lot of the songs in this album are pretty aggressive mm-hmm. i and like he, how they're kind of talking to each other at the end there yeah yeah and it's like it's it's paranoia too mm-hmm. a lot of public enemy had that like with their you know their they hate their hatred of the government really yeah and then uh he says his sog is sloppy and sog is very sloppy <laughs> and i like that yeah sog paneer yes okay uh half mogul half mowgli that's a funny idea but i didn't find a lot of it right to be great so i at first didn't really care for this song when when this first came out and it's still not really a standout to me mm-hmm. but when i was actually sitting down with a pen and a pad listening to it Mm -hmm. and i I found this great article on vice which i think we should put in the show notes if people want to read it um because it talks about the inspirations for this album uh it was this this um article was released before the album came out and it has uh rodinho heems and riz mcs all of their influences on it and they go like track by track Mm. so i was reading that as i'm listening to this and it's like it's about the music and the feeling rather than like the content of the words. Cause they have um, a nay flute, which I, is a type of flute mm-hmm. and they have uh, Sufi dull drummers. So they're taking all of these South Asian instruments mm-hmm. and they're mixing it with these lazy lyrics that are processed through a talk box. So mm-hmm. it's, it's this like eighties feel mixed with their cultural instruments and yeah. I, I listening to it now, like it went from my least favorite song to like probably in my top five. Really? Because I, I now that I get it, it makes sense. Okay. Like it's a punny name, and I was like, oh, I get it. Well, there's another thing about this song that I find redeeming. I, I'm sure they're not actual letters, but there's that verse that's like sort of supposed to be like fan mail, and some of it's hate mail. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where Riz is like rapping what people have said to him and how wide of a spectrum it is. Some people are raising him up to be a hero for kids who are raised in Islamic families. Other people are tearing him down because he's like supposedly degrading God and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. You get that. There's a show on Hulu. I forgot the name, but it's like the same uh, concept. I think it's called Rami. Uh. <clears throat> um, next swish, one I wrote notes swish. for was Swish Swish. Yeah. This is a lot of hip hop braggadocio. Yeah. Um, I don't like this song. It's Why not? I'm not into that thing. That whole like, oh, yeah. my car, my house, my... But again, with them, like the standout quote is, he's paid to lecture at unis that turned me down. Like, that's not saying like, I started from the bottom, now I'm here. That's just like, oh, I, they said I wasn't good enough. But now that I've done this stuff on my own and I've said these things and I have people's attention, now people want to pay me to spread my thoughts yeah i, I think, think it's I, a little bit different than the money thing that you're thinking of part of it is just um heme style as well i think i like to me swish swish is like a riz solo song and sh- and swish or i'm sorry half mogul half mowgli is like a riz um solo song and this one yes. swish swish is like heme's and i i liked half mogul half mowgli better i just kept couldn't help but compare them to each other jimmy i like swish swish better than half mogul half mowgli um I just like the the sound that came out of it. I, I don't have much to say about like the lyrics or anything, but I wasn't super into this song either. I thought it was I was kind of fifty fifty on it. Um, and then I I like shoes off a lot. I thought it was an interesting more juxt- flute juxtaposition. Yeah, between the moments you're forced to take your shoes off in life. I literally wrote down crazy juxtaposition because <laughs> they're comparing taking their shoes off at the mosque and the airport, which yep. are two wildly different reasons why you should take your shoes off. Mm. And there's also that fun little uh wrist verse about his nikes and how they got dirty when he wore them in the desert yeah and um i love the line because you know it's a it's a critique on modern society and islamophobia and a lot of that was perpetrated by uh some the the original perpetrators of fake news fox news Mm -hmm. um rupert tried to fuck us and we're all buying lube for him i just thought that was a beautiful beautiful line (laughs) yeah and then we get to the last track. Din, uh, I don't know what that pronunciation. Dini Alai. Din, din Alai. We'll, we'll go. That sounded. I, I said it with confidence, and that's yeah, what matters. Yeah, sure, Jeff. Yeah, I, I like the message of this. This sort of like chanting thing about mm-hmm. please love yourself. I didn't like the song that much. I thought it was sort of a weak closer. This is my least favorite song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was weird. Um, uh, mm, there's some songs on there that I like. I don't like as 
much or i don't know where i'm going with that it, it's better than some songs in this album for, in my personal right opinion. not so, the worst but not the best yeah, yeah in that article i mentioned radinho said that he was just experimenting with like the psychedelic lollywood kind of music so i guess it's a mm. variation of bollywood i could see that um so i think that you know they're just they're exploring all of that um yeah so i mean I liked it. They have a lot of classic instruments, which I told you about, which you don't usually hear in hip hop. Well, we like, know you liked like it, Jeff. Harmonium. No, I know, but I'm I'm getting to the question, but I'm just saying my final thoughts on it. I have some well. overall thoughts. All right, overall thoughts. Let's get to them. Um, my overall thoughts are actually an overall question Ooh. about myself. Oh. <laughs> what does it say about me? Is it cultural appropriation that the songs that I seem to like the most on this album are the ones that deal with the issues of their Islamic Middle Eastern descent or the ones that incorporate their traditional melodies and instrumentation. Mm. Like, uh, I don't know how to phrase it, but am I sort of like only enjoying that stuff because it's like a novelty Mm. or Mm, I don't think so. It's hard for me to tell Would I want to listen to many albums and many artists do this style of hip hop. I, or am I only liking it because it's something weird, like an oddity? The thing is, is that it's not weird. It's it's sounds or instruments we haven't heard played together, right? But it's not done as a joke. Or no, but for, you can but agree that it's out of the norm for this. It's genre. out of the norm, but it's also integrated so well that somebody who didn't know the backstory that just likes hip hop might actually really enjoy it. Lindsay likes this. My yeah. wife likes this. And, you know, she's not like... Well, I haven't said hip-hop. either way. I'm just no, saying that's, that's something that kept coming up is I found that the uh, the songs that sounded more Western hip-hop that we're used to hearing were my least favorite on the album. Mm. Maybe yeah, you just like that flavor. Yeah. So do you have any overall thoughts before we get to the big old question? Yeah. So uh, there's some tracks on here that I really, really did like. And I, I agree that most of the more cultural um, uh, influences. Yeah. <laughs> most of the cultural influences in, in this album were some of my favorites. And I, I don't think it is cultural appropriation. I think it's it's like we go to Indian food because we like any taste of Indian food. We don't go to it because it's because it's Indian food, you know, we like how that tastes. We like how that, we like how that music sounds. I like how that sounds because it's something different. I don't know, but it's not just the novelty of it. Well, I will say that I did come up with an answer to my question, which I will reveal. Okay. Um, but there are some songs that I'm still eh on, which yeah. I'm like, so I, I had to come to this question of, do I say yes or do I say no? Because I don't like the entirety of this album. That's what. I don't know. Maybe you can ask. Well, let's the find out. Jimmy and Dan, did I successfully talk you into Sweatshop Boys Cashmere? Yes. yes. Oh boy, it feels good. Oh my god, that's so great. Yeah. So what it came down to for me, I was sort of like Jimmy. I was sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, sort of like Jimmy said. I don't think it's culture appropriation. What I came down to is that I like political hip hop. Yes. I like Public Enemy. Yes, I like KRS One, stuff like that. So to me, it was that that stood out for me. And uh, yeah, I think I would listen to this album again. I think I would probably check out their other. They have like another album. They have an EP. Right? It's like six or seven yeah. songs, so you mm-hmm. don't have much to catch up on. Yeah, I, up until yesterday, I was a no, and then today, uh, we were here and talking about it. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, it could be a yes. There's definitely a lot of songs that I'm, I'm definitely feeling, a lot of good bops. Um, there's definitely a few songs that are very skippable, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's short enough. All 11 yeah. songs are like 34 minutes. Mm-hmm. Most songs are under three minutes, so I don't yeah. usually skip them if I'm like driving to work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a huge hip-hop guy, but um, I can picture myself if I'm in the mood for like you know a fun like driving album, popping this on. In fact, I did last night. Oh, dude. Their next EP, Anthem. Whew. Yeah. You got to hear that song. That's a fun driving song. So, Dan. We're one for one. And now we move on to the album that I picked out, which was Neil Young's Live at the Cellar Door. You guys want to take it in from here? 
Yeah, let's go track by track. Sure. Um, I have some notes for each track, but... Yeah, me too. I didn't uh, get super into everything, yeah, but just like the last one, I have notes yeah, for everything. Th- this is kind of hard for me. Uh, it's kind of hard for me doing track by track, but I'll see what I can do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we could skip over some, Dan, if you yeah. want to jump in and yeah. say whatever. Um, all right, so 13 songs. Mm-hmm. And the first song's called Tell Me Why, and it's not a Backstreet Boys cover, which yeah. I thought was strange. Yeah, very weird. It was funny because I was looking up the lyrics, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was an actual, that was another song. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the things that stand out right away, not knowing much about Neil Young other than his existence, and probably, I probably know some songs of his library. He's very well known. Um, he has a very, very weird talking voice. Oh, his talking yeah, voice? Yeah, his talking voice. His singing voice is quite strange it as well. Is. Yeah. Um, and, and at first, it's very bootleggy. You can hear the sounds of the room. But I thought that I liked it. The, the actual sound of once he starts the singing. The recording in, is pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. For 1970. They must have remastered the heck out of yeah. it. Um, well, the thing that they had going for them is that the instrumentation is super simple. So they yeah. didn't have to like wade through a lot of dense like instrumentation and clean everything up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most tracks were on literally like two microphones oh yeah sure yeah this this sounds just like uh it's just a guy and a guitar it's introspective Mm -hmm. i I like this song because it it sets the overall mood of the entire album yeah that's true yeah i can see that only love can break your heart (laughs) the ultimate breakup song so i feel like i've heard the song before me too but i don't know if i have He's had a lot of songs covered by other people. I don't know if this is one of them. So I but... did notice that he did have that, and a lot of them were from the 90s, which is when I was growing up yeah. for the most part. So I'm sure I've heard covers of his songs, Yeah, but sounds like a breakup song. Yeah. It is about his split. Um, Actually, it was supposedly written for Graham Nash, because you remember Neil Young was in Crosby, Stills, right. Nash & Young. It was supposedly written for that purpose regarding Graham Nash's breakup with Joni Mitchell. Oh, okay. That's the rumor. I don't think he's ever come out and fully said. So it's not even about him. The rumor is it's not. Hmm. I was looking to see what other cover versions there are. Um, There's been a million of them. I'm trying to look for one that would have jumped out as someone that you would know. Oh, Nils Lofgren covered the the song. (laughs) Oh, E Street member. Yeah. Uh, But anyways, continue. The the next track uh, after the gold rush, he switches to piano. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, what do you think about this song? Um, I really like the song. This the song feel, feels kind of like what Dan said of the the death of the hippie movement. Uh, like let's get back to reality. It kind of feels like yeah, yeah. It definitely um, strikes me as sort of the setting of the stage for Neil Young's like solo career. Mm. Um, I guess it was written for his project with Crazy Horse. Like they were they played together Neil Young and Crazy Horse. But yeah, for me, it's sort of like a like a cold bucket of water in the face. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Expecting the fly <laughs> track four. Um, oh, 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 oh both, um, uh, I really like this one. Uh, it's about, you know, you have to live up to expectations and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you fail like that. The line in the song is very prominent. Now, you know, I tried. Yeah. And there's some really cool stuff, like not to get too nerdy music theory wise, but there's an interesting like chord. Time- well there's that but also there's a timing change into each chorus oh yeah yeah he changes time signatures so the chorus feels super separate from the verses and then what jimmy's referencing is i'm when he says now you know i tried babe and he hits that big it's like a minor chord it sounds like a wrong chord yeah yeah yeah. it's only due to the repetition that you realize it's intentional and i think that he's he does that during a few songs too there's some weird stuff musically yeah, he's definitely into playing with dissonances, and you hear it like, especially if you guys were to get it a little bit more into him, when he plays electric with Crazy Horse or Buffalo Springfield, um, his guitar playing style, he's really into like hitting like off notes or dissonant notes, and mm-hmm. just like forcing them through until they like match, or like your ear. Yeah, until you, it sounds like they match. Exactly. Sounds normal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I. I literally wrote down it's funny because dan and i were listening to it on the way here and um you brought up that chord and i wrote down the exact same i love the dissonance between um um after the babe or yeah and then he goes on to um bad fog of loneliness this is just such a down album it really is yeah yearning for a partner i dream of sweet caress yeah Yeah. it's just I, i mean the title says it all it's mm. just about being being lonely. Yeah. A pretty sad song. I, I don't know. I wasn't super feeling this one. 
So we don't have to go by tr- track by yeah. track. Why, why don't you guys just jump around some some? Okay. Uh, the next song I will talk about is the next song on the list, Old, Old Man. Man. Yeah, it shows that age doesn't matter. People are the same. They have yeah. the same needs. This is probably his biggest hit. Is it? I don't know any hits. By well, him. none of not from this album, but he did this song on, on I believe it's on um, either Harvest or After the Gold Rush. It's on Harvest. With a, he did it with a full band, and this is probably one of his biggest solo songs. And he wrote this when he was 24, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing in my life. <laughs> So I was slamming, wondering, slamming phones on podcasts is what you're so doing. So you guys, Velcro. you guys weren't familiar with this. Like this is a no. big staple of classic rock radio. I thought maybe this would be the one that you would know. I didn't recognize it. I no. recognized a few tunes that sounded familiar, but I, I don't know. I didn't get it. Okay, Jimmy, uh, what song are you gonna talk about next? Uh, let's see. Okay, we'll talk about "Don't Let It Bring You Down." Okay, sure. Uh, this was really nihilistic. Yeah. Um, it I like doesn't the performance matter of this one. If castles are burning. That too, yeah. Um, oh, squeaky chair. Uh, I don't know. I just, I like how, like, not happy it is. Yeah, yeah. It's also super catchy, which is something that doesn't get really pulled off too many times in very, like, down songs. Like, don't let it bring you down. Oh, I'm singing a lot in this episode. Sorry. But <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah. It's that's what they're here for. It's to me that there's there's a lot of like depressing songs that are just sort of a slog to get through. And he's good at making them still catchy. I like the transition at the end where he changes the phrasing. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. For um, See the Sky About to Rain. Um, I don't know if I uh, I don't know if I was a huge fan of the song, but I liked his piano playing a lot. I thought he was really good player yeah maybe we should take a minute now to just get into like the the way the album is recorded and how it's literally just him switching from instrument to instrument. yeah yeah what what did you guys have any thoughts on that at all i liked it i thought it was fine it it never felt like it got boring no because there always there was enough of a change and like you said the way that he plays the guitar is very distinctive yeah and i mean he plays the piano well too um i liked it i like the the flow of the the songs so you alluded to the fact that you didn't think it basically that it didn't hinder the album no i don't think it did but for what this is was it a positive for you for me i like this album more than his regular solo stuff that's recorded in studio with a full band because it's just him yeah there's an honesty to it there's he's like laying his soul bare the performances seem super true and emotional to me it kind of reminds me of when uh, kind of hearkening back to the bob dylan episode the first album that you had us listening to listen to where it's just times are changing the times are changing so speaking on that if you go to cinnamon girl uh, i feel like these were real stories Mm. that i know nothing about and i didn't do too much research because i didn't want to like get set and thinking in one way before recording but one thing i saw is that some of the songs don't really aren't real or he won't tell you what it's about yeah. or who it's about or if it's about him or about somebody else. So I don't know, like some of them obviously are honest. And when you're just one person on stage, you can feel very vulnerable. And mm-hmm. sometimes it comes across in song. Um, so I don't know if maybe he's just a good storyteller. Some of them might just be stories that he has no actual connection to. Yeah. Um, Which I'm not saying is a bad thing. This is a fun one too. Um, it's catchy. Yeah, because this is like one of his most like rocking full band songs this yeah. is from the first album he did with crazy horse and this is like a real rager so to hear him do it like super stripped down um is pretty interesting and i think on this album it's like one of the few recordings that he has of him doing this like acoustic this is his first time playing it on piano he says at the end of the song oh there you go so yeah, yeah. i like that aspect of it yeah and Down by the River is another one that was a big, rollicking, full band song mm. that is stripped down pretty bare in this album. I don't remember this song that much, but I gave it a thumbs up. So For Down by the River? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun song. So do you guys have any overall thoughts? Well, the, the last song I wanted to talk about is the last song on the album. I have some thoughts about some other songs, but they're not important to bring up. Uh, Flying on the Ground is Wrong. This is like a seven-minute song. Yeah. It's a live performance album. Yep. And I think that I like this track the most. Wow. Not necessarily the song itself, Mm. but you see Neil Young as a person. He's talking to the audience. He's talking to the audience. He's like strumming the piano strings. Yep. Mm. He's creating this ambiance in a small room that sounds very eerie. It's Mm droney. It's... And 
it's this really like weird, eerie feeling. And like you said, he's just he's playing with the instruments. Elton John's not strumming piano strings. Yeah, on on his tours. And then, um, so I'm actually okay. I was gonna say I'm actually glad you brought this up because there's a little anecdote that I know about this okay. that that I forgot to mention, which is um, for this song in particular, when he was doing these solo performances, he had it written into his contracts that he would only play on a nine foot Steinway grand piano. He oh, said yeah, that. He said that. Oh, he does. Track, okay. I wrote down that he jokes about playing the piano, so that must be true. I yeah, he was just joking about it, but it's very fun. But it's very jovial. The audience is laughing. So we, he's had these very serious and somber songs, and then he lightens up. And then this song is I actually googled it because i was so interested in what was happening is about like him being the only one and he even says it in here it's like the only one who's high when nobody else is (laughs) it's just a song about weed that's funny yeah yeah i didn't think the song was that great but i i thought the him talking to the audience yeah it was almost like a mini stand-up act and he's just a very likable guy i know nothing about him yeah so it was relatable and it was just fun it seemed like a good way to end Mm because like when people are coming out and they're drinking you know, and they want to like see a show, they want to leave with a smile on their face. I think this is a good song to end with. Yeah, he's a pretty interesting character. So, Jimmy. Yes. Jeff. <gasps> did I talk you into the Neil Young album live at the cellar door? No. Oh. No. So I want I want to start why I said no. I think that this album would be great for Neil Young fans. Yes. So maybe one day you can talk me into Neil Young and I might be talked into it. But I don't think, because even like you said, you're like, oh yeah, this old man song is like this big rocking song, but I didn't hear that song. Mm -hmm. I had nothing to compare this to. Had I had context, I might've appreciated this album more. It wasn't bad. It's just not like, I don't know. I think that I... I might listen to it again. I might like it more, but I, I don't know. So you guys knew zero songs from this zero. album? Nothing. So yeah, see, this sort of was my entryway into Neil Young, but I did know like three songs just from rock Pop and culture. roll radio. Like, I, some of the tunes sounded familiar, but I still couldn't place them. I yeah, couldn't picture like here. you weren't able to like them. sing the choruses. No, no. See, I was on a few. Jimmy, what did you what did you think? What led you to know? My my overall thoughts is I really did like the atmosphere of the song. It definitely feels like a guy just sitting in a club talking to the audience, singing his heart out. Mm-hmm. Um, his voice kind of bothered me. I'm not super into his voice. It kind of sounds all one note to yeah. me. Um, you know how I am with guys and uh, their voice. Like hmm. that that was a hard time for me getting into like the Gaslight Anthem because I I was weirded out by his voice for a while. Yeah. Um. But this album definitely is like a feeling album. Like maybe if I'm feeling like introspective or if I'm feeling a sort of mood, I might throw this on. But yeah, just yeah put some, it on and cry. Yeah, light, light a candle. <laughs> but yeah, overall, candle, guys. <laughs> overall, this is a no because I I feel like I couldn't throw this on and like enjoy it anytime. Oh, this is a great house cleaning album. I'll mm-hmm. put this on and just mop I can the see floor. That. It's epic. Yeah, I got I got some house cleaning. I just put one away. It's four I get seasons. some. <laughs> It's a really nice vinyl package, too. Oh, I remember really? when you got it. It was yeah. like a record store day exclusive oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Nice. All, All right. right. So we got one more album from Ninja Sex Party, Cool Patrol. Yeah. All right, Dan, why don't you start this one off? I don't know if you want me to. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Um, Intro. One minute intro. Whatever. Slash cool. And I wrote, oh, no, a comedy album, and I did not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i don't know do you have anything to say about the intro no, not at all so yeah. then we get into cool patrol um i thought i was struck right off the bat with how much it reminded me of weird al even though it's not parodied Uh-oh. but <laughs> it just reminded me of that type of humor mm. and maybe a little dirtier than weird al oh yeah a little for bit sure. more offensive but um but with synth instead of accordion yeah and like the music genre sort of hit me as this like weird like merger of like 80s like new wave and like metal sort of jimmy did tell us that yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah they definitely um, do span genres yeah i mean the song was like they're like bully police yeah kind of going around and they have like a dance i I was almost thinking about giving you guys music videos as well but this is only an album album right right episode whatever so 
the music videos for these are pretty funny too. Uh, but. Next song, Orgy for One. It's a pretty juvenile humor. It's not a bad thing. I'm not against it. Did you laugh? I, I like smirked. Yeah. I was listening to, to it in my car driving to work and I was like, all right. Uh, I think yeah. this song's really clever. I, I, I like a lot of the writing in this one. Not my type of not humor. For you. It's, it's not laugh out loud humor, but mm. like I'm not against this kind of yeah. humor. Okay. Sex jokes, potty jokes. I like it. Uh, Danny, don't you know was my most humorous song that so far that we had listened. It's to. also their top song on Spotify. Is mm-hmm. it? I LOL'd for the first time uh, during the line, "Danny, don't you know your heart is on the inside?" <laughs> I thought that was funny and just yeah. The the concept of the song is that future Danny is telling past Danny to just hang in there. Mm-hmm. Things are going to get better. The but music it's funny. video for this has uh, Finn Wolfhard as as young Danny as well. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my. Um, uh, release the Kraken is the next song. Uh, I don't think it's very funny. Yeah, this is one of the weaker ones for me. It's it's kind of like Alestorm, but they don't pull off the theme or the music isn't as good. Mm. So I don't know. It was it's trying to be like some kind of epic eighties like D and D or just like metal imagery. Yeah, like Dio, those types yeah. of bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. It's not very funny, and the music was kind of just seemed like they were playing it as a. Uh, as a joke i get that and then we get a skit ninja brian goes to soccer practice is this like an ongoing joke with them yeah i wrote someone super violent <laughs> i yeah, literally yeah. wrote ninja is brian there is... mythology i'm missing yeah yeah, yeah there's know. a little bit of it um i don't know i wasn't i don't know recommending like the skit part mostly just the music yeah but... um first date very rick springfieldy i don't even remember this one i don't i don't think i took a note for it musically it's a lot it's Mm. a lot like an 80s pop ballad um it's just an entertaining story of an ideal first date and it just travels down this oh yeah where they're gonna murder someone he's gonna murder a guy then five guys and ten guys and he pumps a break (laughs) let's only murder five guys i thought it was i thought it was very funny yeah that was pretty good this was like the first song i listened to that i was like ha yeah that's one of my favorites it's really good it's a deep cut um not to give away my feelings but i didn't take a lot more notes on this album so Jeff, do you have anything you want to call out for first date? No, for the rest of the album. I took notes on everything. Let's just go oh, through it. Let's do it. Smooth talking is just kind of like it's a funky song. It's like a smooth ass toe jam and Earl jazzy ass funky jams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, musically, I, I did like it. it. I think it hit the style. I like how it builds to... and like it yeah. becomes more and more of a song as it's going and on. It was super funky, and the whole time he's just it's just funny names for genitalia. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Adam Sandler's cool guy skits mm. when he kept getting rejected by women because he was referring to his member as silly names <laughs> and. I thought it was funny. Definitely laughed at this. Okay. Two songs in a row I was liking. Uh, the next one, Heart Boner. Can't tell how serious or joking the music is supposed to be. Like, I couldn't tell. Yeah, like, the, this one kind of rides the line. Yeah, the tone of it, like, either go all the way or mm. don't do it. So I didn't really like that one. I, I kind of like that one. I like how it rides the line between. This is definitely one of their more serious songs. I mean, Danny Don't You Know, I think, is also kind of similar to that where they're kind of going for a serious tone yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. i agree um romance novel is another skit dan i don't know if you remember this but this was probably the hardest laugh i had on the album oh really uh yeah it was just uh danny sexbang is it yeah great name um he's just reading out a romance novel he wrote and it's very funny to me it's very strange um eating food in the shower i actually remembered like being super excited by the concept of the song because i had just listened to an npr podcast about people who actually do this wow. <laughs> like a weird thing that's funny um i thought it was funny but i don't know if it went as far as it could have did you get the feeling like they could have pushed it further they're making allusions to the fact that they're eating like full meals in there and stuff i but... think that this would have been funnier with an accompanying video I don't know if there, there is, is a one. music video. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll have to watch that musically. It was super 1980s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that it, it, it might've been limited in audio. Okay. Courtship of the mermaid. I get the joke, but I found it super boring. Same thing. I wrote okay. the same thing. It's just like a not as good ale storm, which is like a pirate themed metal band. Mm. It seemed like they were trying to go for that and they just missed it. Yeah. Um, GFY. It's a song that thinks it's wittier than it is. Uh, it's like a watered down lonely island they Mm. spell out go f yourself i don't know wasn't very clever to me okay 
Dan. <laughs> That's all I have for this album. Wow. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, mansion party, funky music. Mm-hmm. Could get into the groove. It's just a story of a rich guy throwing a party. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and the outro. It's. I thought it was better than the intro. I thought it was a lot more clever. Uh, and they mentioned butts in it, so that was funny. <laughs> Dan is just sitting there waiting to say no. <laughs> he cannot wait to say no. No, I have a lot more thoughts. Like overall, if you want to get to that, let's okay. get to it. I yeah, mean, we, we just we just like rode this roller coaster yeah. super fast. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like push you through this album, but I just don't have a lot to say because for me, the performances vocally and instrumentally were both really good. Um, but I'm not huge into the comedy music thing. I was at like a younger point in my life. So it's hard for me to get past the fact that I don't find it super funny, but I also don't really love the genre that they're in. Mm. Like we have talked about the Lonely Island on here, and I like that a little bit more because I like that hip hop type stuff mm. more than this sort of like 80s hairband synth metal type stuff. Okay. So it doesn't have a lot of listenability to me. It's not like... Just not your bag. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think the same thing. Just like I said, they... Musically, there were a few songs in here I actually really liked. They yeah. were... I thought that they were recorded well and mm. played very well. Yeah, I think the performances are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Dan's um, a really good singer. And as far as just, like, the jokes, I think that there was a balance that they might have been missing. Mm. They either went too far in cringy, which I'm I'm not opposed to, like, just disgusting, like, potty jokes or yeah. whatever. But some of it just comes off as uh, feeling forced or they hold back, like the mermaid thing, and it doesn't go enough. Okay. So I think that there was a balance that maybe they could have done a little bit better. Mm. Okay. Well, I guess I'll answer, ask the question. <laughs> I'll answer you guys for you if you, if you feel so inclined. Um, <laughs> but, um, all right, I'll ask the question. Dan and Jeff. Did I successfully talk you into Cool Patrol by Ninja Sex Party? No. no. Yeah, that's about what I expected. <laughs> um, if you guys didn't like the humor and uh, jokings in this album, uh, but you did like the performances, I would recommend their cover albums are very good. Uh, I heard him mention that in the one of the yeah, songs, and I was like, mm, I might check that they, out. They have two cover albums, very good performances, very good production quality. So uh, maybe I can make a recommendation towards that. Maybe it can be in a future. Yeah, see, I knew listening to it that I didn't like it, yeah. but I thought Jeff might be into it because he does like Weird Al, and that's mm-hmm. all I kept thinking of is like, oh, this could be a Weird Al song. Mm. Yeah, you could tell that they're definitely influenced by the man, the legend. <laughs> this is about what I expected. So. so, ironically, we are entirely split on this episode. We have one fully <laughs> yes, one fully no, and then one split. Yeah. I guess that no. sort of worked out. Yeah. I mean, no. There were two no's and one yes. Huh? <laughs> no, I said no to the Neil Young. Or yeah, what? we both said no to Neil, Neil Young. It, it was oh, 10 yeah, minutes that's ago. Right. Sweatshop <laughs> Boys was yes. Neil Young oh, was a yeah. double no. Yeah. I don't. Dan no. is just his oh, yeah. eyes are glazed over. Because I, I honestly was surprised that you said no to this. I thought for sure this was going to be split. So in my head, I'm like, oh, oh the whole thing is split. Wow. I think we're also talking about Roma, which we just recorded too, which was a split. I also I feel bad saying no to both of these because like <laughs> they weren't offensively bad to me. Like mm. I didn't hate either of them. Yeah. I just won't listen to them again. Mm. I don't know. I feel pretty bad about it. Yeah, I hated this. <laughs> I hated the sex expected. party. <laughs> oh boy. But I did like um that we each chose something super different, which is very, funny because we didn't plan different. on that. No, we yeah. just, just each threw out one album that we liked. Oh but, boy. I have a lot of editing to do on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that on the next episode I'm a little bit more successful because next week I will be talking Jimmy and Jeff into the HBO series, formerly a mini series, now an ongoing series. Oh. Big Little Lies. Wow, what's that? It's a series on HBO, formerly a miniseries that is now an ongoing, starring Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I know that. Reese Witherspoon, like... Laura Dern. Everyone is in this series. Everyone. Adam Scott. Paul Giamatti. No, not Paul <sighs> Giamatti. Never Paul Giamatti. No. Uh, yeah. Mina so, Sorvino. Is that her name? So what I'm asking you guys to watch okay. are the first three episodes of season one of Big Little Lies. Okay. Sounds fine. Not a huge commitment. No. I can do that. Episodes. 
I'm hoping that you guys get roped into the murder mystery aspect, the oh. prestige acting. Ooh. It's cool. It's fun. We'll talk more about it next time. Definitely. But watch the first three episodes, and we will spoil them on next week's episode of Big Little Lies. In the meantime, Jeff, where can they find the podcast online? They can find the podcast at www.talkmeinto.com or on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us some reviews on Apple Podcasts. Leave us some reviews on Stitcher. Leave us, just talk to us on Facebook. We yeah. don't care. Hit us up with a tweet at Talk Me Into. We'll tweet right back at you. We might even retweet it if you're good enough for yeah. us to do so. Send us an email. It talk feels me so into at gmail.com. Just do it. Just talk to us. We need people to talk to. We need friends. Yeah, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Danny underscore breakdown, and you can read my film reviews on letterbox.com under the name Danny Breakdown. Jimmy? You can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H, where I'll be tweeting about Ninja Sex Party and how Dan is dumb for not liking it. <sighs> and, uh, yeah. Jeff, where can people find you? Yo, at me, bro. At J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. I think that was five Fs. That's what it should be. Oh, that last time that you said you weren't sure if it was it actually was five. Six. It was six. Yeah. I counted. <laughs> six Fs. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Definitely five Fs. Don't do six Fs. You're going to find a weirder Jeff than me. Oh, and by the way, in two weeks, we have a very special episode coming oh. up. Should we, should we say who's on? I think we should. Should we? We got a special guest we've been talking we about do? for a while. We do. Oh, wow. He's an expert on all things internet. Ooh. I think I just may have spoken out of turn there. He's not an expert on... No, that's Al Gore. You're right, you're right. No, it's not Al Gore. No, he's an expert on Game of Thrones, Lost, Spider-Man, Marvel movies, Star Wars. He's podcasting about these. He's writing about them. Are we going to have Dan on the podcast? No. You're on the podcast. Yes. He is a co-host of The Storm, a Lost Rewatch podcast, and Fighting in the War Room. He is Internet's favorite, Dave Gonzalez. He's on Twitter at DA7E. I encourage you to check him out if you're not aware, but you have got to listen to episode 25. What is he going to talk us into? Uh, Let's save that. Oh. Just know that he's coming on here to talk us into something. Oh, boy. In the meantime, thank you all for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Remembering what we were talked into. Do I tip the people who put the receipt paper in the gas station pump? No. It's silly. You have to is tip that food. A service? You have to tip food service people because the law is weighed against them. So since they're making $2 an hour, you give them additional money because they're that's that's how our society unfortunately is. Gratuity get, is to provide people with an incentive for good service. When I worked at a fast food place, we people would tip us. This is the reservoir dog argument. Yeah, I know. But people would tip us. We weren't allowed to accept them.